Our first reading is from Psalms 89, which can be found on page 100, 597 in our church Bibles. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer.
Lord Jesus, I pray that you would come by your spirit, that you would help me to speak, and that you would give us all ears to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. My proposal this morning is that the life of faith is one lived out believing what God has said. Now, when I was thinking about that, it reminded me of a funny moment when um, a few years ago, I was in my first year of curacy at Greyfriars, and it was an evening service, and after the evening service, I'd gone up for prayer. The prayer ministry team were there, and they were offering to anoint people with oil for healing and to pray for people. And I felt, I just felt called to go up for prayer, and I was being prayed with by a couple of people. One of them was a a lady called Penny Moneycoots, who some of you will know. And uh, she anointed me with oil for healing, and they were praying for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and as I stood there with my eyes shut and my hands out, I suddenly heard this voice. And the voice said, Pads, it it was Penny. Pads, she said, I think God is calling me to pour this whole bottle of oil over your head. And for a moment I froze. And I started to imagine what I would look like after the whole bottle of oil had been poured over my head. And then I just turned to Penny and said, Penny, if you think God is telling you to do that, then we'd better do that, hadn't we? And so she did. And yes, that's what I looked like. But anyway, the life of faith, the life of faith is believing what God has said. The only thing is, we're not always very good at doing that. God has said that... He created us in his image. He said that he loves us. This book is a love letter from God. And yet, so many of us think we're not worthy, that he didn't do a very good job when he made us. So many people suffer from low self-esteem, even in the churches. God has said that if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that he'll provide everything else that we need. And yet we so often act as if God had said, seek first everything you need and pay lip service to my kingdom. God has said, and we remember this particularly at Advent, that one day Jesus will return and we will all be judged. And that eternal life will be granted only to those who believe in Jesus and follow him. And yet... We so often act as if we were judge of the world and care little, perhaps, for those who don't believe in Jesus, are rather unconcerned about that. And yet, I believe the life of faith is about believing what God has said. And the good news is that I think in this passage about Mary's visit to Elizabeth, there's some really good pointers to what it means to live out that life of faith. It's not something that's done so easily. So let's turn to page 1026 in the Bibles or um, or, or open your service sheet um, at the passage, Mary visits Elizabeth. But before we go there, one of the reasons that we hand out Bibles um, uh, in the welcome area is that it's so often very helpful to look at the context of the actual passage that that um, we're, is being read in church. And having a Bible in your hand helps you to see what comes before and after. And in this case, 
It's very relevant because the thing that's happened just before Mary visits Elizabeth is that the angel Gabriel has visited Mary. And the first thing that happens is that Mary encounters fear. In verse 30, the angel has to reassure her, do not be afraid, Mary, you've found favor with God. And in the, in the life of faith, I think it's very often fear of what God might do with us if we were fully given over to his will, more that than it is fear of what he might not do with us. Mary isn't, incidentally, although it would be understandable, afraid that there's the angel Gabriel suddenly standing in front of her. It's what he says. The the scripture says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. And what his words were, were greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary's just been told that God is with her and he's got great plans for her. That's what she's afraid of. And very often I think... In the Christian life, we're afraid. We think that if we were to totally give ourselves over to God, he might radically change our lives. And that makes us afraid. But the angel says, the Lord is with you. And so we always need to remember that even if God does have radical plans for us, if he's in it, then he's with us. And those plans will be wonderful. So that's the first thing she does, is to overcome fear. The second thing in verse 34 is is that she still expresses her doubts. She says, after the angel has told her that she will give birth to a baby who will become the son of God, no small message, she says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? She points out a rather obvious flaw in God's apparent plans. And you know, one of the things I love about the Alpha Course that we do almost every term now, is that people have permission to express their doubts. They can ask questions. They're free to say, well, I don't see how that works out. I, I, I can't believe that. I, and it's a wonderful environment for that. And I think sometimes in Christian groups that get together, perhaps even in home groups, sometimes people are a little reluctant to express their doubts, things they don't understand for fear of seeming unspiritual or, or lacking Bible knowledge or something. And I think at St. Matthew's we need to really um, develop a culture of giving everyone permission to ask the silly question. You know, one of the people I once uh, learnt from a little bit in my ministry training always said this. He said, the only silly question is the one you don't ask. And I think that's a really good uh, motto for life, actually. But Mary expresses her doubts, and we should all be, feel free and able to express our doubts. But then the angel resolves her, uh, resolves her doubts. She explains that it's the Holy Spirit who will conceive the child within her. God's power can do the things that humanly are impossible. And so Mary then takes the next step. And what she does is she decides to believe God's word, what the angel has said. And in verse 38, which is just the last verse before the passage that we come to today, she says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. So Mary has listened to the angel. She's questioned the angel. She's heard the response. And now she's made a commitment. She's decided she's going to believe God and go with him. And that's really important. It's a, it's a step that 
every Christian has to make at some point on their journey to faith is to decide that what God says is true and to bet your life on it effectively. It's one of the reasons why on the Alpha course, again, there are points where we invite people, we don't pressure them, we we invite people if they'd like to, to make a commitment to ask Jesus into their lives. It's one of the reasons we have the rite of baptism. It's a time when people declare their commitment and faith publicly to Jesus and belief in God. And Mary does that. That's a really important part of a life of faith, is committing to believing what God has said. As a result of this, Mary is filled with the Holy Spirit and conceives a child. And actually that's one of the hugely important reasons of this committing oneself to God and to Jesus. Because only when we've done that can God's Spirit work in us powerfully to achieve what God wants for our lives. If we're holding out, if we're holding back, God's Spirit is not going to be lively in us. It's not going to be sparking like Carol's iron filings. She's filled with the Holy Spirit and we need to be open to the Holy Spirit. But having done all that, we might think, well, that's enough. She believes. She's, she's decided to commit to it. But it's not because what she does next in the first verse of our printed um, uh, passage is she commits to it by acting on it. And she goes to visit Elizabeth. Why? Because the angel had told her that her cousin Elizabeth, who's way past childbearing age, is in fact now well into pregnancy. And Mary believes God's word and she acts on it and goes to see her cousin. She acts on God's word. And then we see something that I think is really interesting and true. That faith is often caught as much as it's taught. And in verse 41 we see that the moment Mary, who is spirit-filled, full of the Holy Spirit at this point, the moment that Mary arrives at Elizabeth's house... The effect of that is that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. One of the things we often see as people journey to faith, again often on Alpha, is you see that people who haven't started with no faith or or very unsure, quite often find faith through the faith of someone else in the group, perhaps the leader of the group or someone helping in the group who they can see has a very clear and obvious faith. And because they trust that person and because they can see that that person has a wonderful faith, it gives them confidence to take a step of faith themselves. And faith is often caught like that rather than taught. And that's why we all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because then we carry that around with us in the world wherever we go. And faith will be caught by others as they see God's Spirit living in us. Faith is often caught as much as it's taught. And the moment Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit, she's immediately able to use the gifts of the Spirit to, in fact, affirm and build up Mary. Because what happens next is Elizabeth says in a loud voice, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Well, 
Remember, there were no mobile telephones in those days, so Mary didn't ring ahead and say, by the way, I'm pregnant and um, I'm going to have the Son of God and, and so on. At this stage, Mary hasn't even told Elizabeth, but Elizabeth, under the power of the Holy Spirit, effectively prophesies back to Mary and says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. Elizabeth knows that Mary's carrying a very special baby because of the Holy Spirit working through her. She's able to use the gifts of the Spirit to affirm Mary's calling. And then, of course, we see Mary's response. Verses 46 to 53 are what is the the famous um, uh, song of Mary, uh, what's been known as the Magnificat. In case you're wondering why it's called the Magnificat, it's because that's the first word of the song in Latin. And uh, for hundreds of years um, in the early church, in the Western church, it was sung in Latin. And, uh, And in it, Mary praises God and glorifies him because she sees God's word coming true. Elizabeth has reaffirmed that the child in her is special, that it was from God. And Mary glorifies God. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. And that's to be the life of faith is worked out when, as we see God working and moving in our lives, we give thanks and we glorify and we praise him, just as Mary did. And then, right at the end of her song, Mary declares again that this is all an outworking of God's promises. Uh, she says in, in verse 54, she says that he's remembered his, the people of Israel, his servant Israel, just as he promised our ancestors. She's now not just talking about the angel's promise, but the promises way back to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and saying, here it is, all coming true. God is faithful. The life of faith is a life lived out, believing in God's word. And I think this works out as much in a church as it does in in individual lives. And one of the things we've been doing over the last year is to work on this, our mission action planning. And part of that, the first part of it really, was discerning what we felt God was saying about St. Matthew's over the coming years. And what we felt God was saying were these things about the church. That over the years we should become known for our, our outstanding welcome and generous hospitality. And I think we do quite well at that. We're on our way to that. Um, a work in progress, but, but not doing not badly. A place where people of all ages and backgrounds are becoming passionate followers of Jesus together. And you know, it's been such a joy to me over the last year to see children this kind of age talking about their love of Jesus, their faith in God, as much as 80 People in the 80s, people in their 90s telling me how the love of God in Jesus has been healing their, their wounds, their grief in a wonderful way. So people of all ages becoming passionate followers of Jesus together. A place where we all use our God-given gifts in the life and worship of the church. It's been such a joy to see people starting new things, using gifts in a new way. One new thing is the new bereavement group. That's a wonderful thing. 
people using gifts. I, another thing is that, I don't know if you know, but, but 18 months ago, Johnny had never picked up a drumstick in his life, or well, whenever it was exactly, but some of you may wish he hadn't. But no, no, no I, he's a brilliant drummer. He's an, within 18 months, he's developed that gift, and he's now a brilliant, brilliant drummer. It's wonderful to see people using their gifts in different ways, growing um, with their gifts in the church. A church whose lives stimulate others to explore the Christian faith for themselves. That's this thing about faith being caught more than it is taught. The more that we are filled with the Spirit, the more that we carry the love of Jesus in us, around wherever we go, in our workplaces, our homes, our families, the communities, the more people will want to know what's going on, what, what's behind it, and will want to come and find out. And part of that is the, the last point, which is we want to be a church known as surprisingly good news in the community. And at Christmas time is a time when we work particularly closely with the community. We have done with the, the nativity uh, drama that we'll see again at the crib service. It's been done at least two or three times already in the community working with them on carols in the square, uh, on a whole range of, of, of different areas. And it's not always easy for a faith group to work with a community group that's, that has very much a secular agenda, but God's opening the doors. And, uh, and more and more, we're working together with the community, particularly here in Southcote, uh, also some doors opening in Beansheaf. Um, to bring the good news of Jesus to the community. So the light, and, I, and, and, and this was what we felt God was saying to us. And I really, really want to believe this, that more and more this is how our church will be. And I do believe it. Because a life of faith is a life lived, believing what God has said. And my prayer for St. Matthew's is that St Matthew's will become known as a place where people say about it, whether or not they're people who become Christians or not, it'll be a place where people say about it, do you know something? Those people down at St Matthew's, they really believe. They really believe. Amen.